I'm Matt Sadiso, a musician, songwriter, producer and composer. I also teach. I'm fascinated by process, how we make what we make, why we make what we make. As a musician, I'm always learning from and inspired by other creatives, other musicians, artists, the arts itself, people. In short, life all inform the music I make. And I think that learning from others enriches not only our own art, but the arts. And why holding up the ladder? Well, because we're all trying to get somewhere and I think we build something stronger if we help each other. If we hold up the ladder rather than pull it up from under us as we climb. I'll be talking to all kinds of creatives about process, lessons learned, things that inspire us, the music we're listening to, what makes us who we are and the help we've had along the way. So join me as we climb, holding up the ladder. Until you break that chair, wait for your fellow woman to talk, to love, to laugh, to embrace, to rest. I'm really excited about this inaugural episode of Holding Up the Ladder. I'm talking with composer, songwriter and producer, Alev Lenz. And I love just dropping into what's needed for that story. And so I've also been doing that sort of writing, which again is a little bit different. So you kind of need to connect to the story somehow, to somehow the idea of that creation that's by someone else that's somehow in the ether and just try to connect with that. That's really satisfying when it works. I met Alev on Instagram, like many people do these days. The thing that struck me most about her before I even knew her music was her generosity. She invited me to her album launch before we'd even met in person and from the outset has been really open, authentic and generous with her time and ideas. And that generosity is evident in her music. There's a care, a thoughtfulness. You'll hear it in the words, the song arrangements that are as considered and as authentic as she is. I trust you'll get a sense of that in this interview. Alev released her first album in 2009, Storytelling Piano Playing Fraulein. Her sophomore record, Two-Headed Girl, came out in 2016. And her latest album, Three, came out at the end of last year. Her music has featured on critically acclaimed TV shows, Netflix series Dark and Black Mirror. She's written, co-produced and performed with acclaimed sitar player Anushka Shankar and has also worked in close collaboration with Spitfire Audio, creating an interactive sound library. But I'll let her tell you more about that herself. Um, let's start by you perhaps telling the listeners who you are. Um, well, <laughs> I am Alev Lenz and I'm a singer and a songwriter. I sometimes add composer because it sounds fancy <laughs> maybe it's not just songwriting but also composing um, instrumental music so that's why it's maybe good to add it um, and producer definitely like adding that one too um, and yeah this is me um yeah that's really me <laughs> cool so I had a look at your um I've just been like looking at your music and you have like three albums yes um you have from 2009, you have storytelling, piano playing, Fraulein, 
<laughs> girl, isn't it? Girl in German. Well, Fräulein is actually not a um, technically not a good term to use because it would describe that you're unmarried, and it was sort of a bit derogative, really. However, now because it's not used at all anymore, um, it was actually um, a, an American bar owner, a woman, however, not a man, a woman who who called me a Fräulein because I was from Germany and playing piano. So that's why I was like, okay, we can we can name it that without actually having the connotation because it didn't come from a German speaker, so to say, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally get you. And then you did Two Headed Girl in 2016. Yeah. And then your newest album, all of which I love, I should say, is Three in 2019. Yeah. So I'm always um just because I'm always I love process and I just I love female musicians and just how people make what they make and how they do it. So I just love to know how did you even get into this? How did, how you get did I get into? Um, I think I was always um, drawn to the stage or maybe it was in my perception as also a thing you could do because my my mom is an is an actor theatre actor. And she, I would go to like rehearsals and be be backstage and kind of um, I knew the deal a bit. She had a cabaret for a while where she also had a pianist and they were all singing. So that was just it was one of the things you could do. So it was just like, OK, cool, that's there. And then I was like, cool, I want to do that. I'll try what's available on stage. Um, I did a bit of like, you know, school theater and um well, I tried ballet as a young girl first, but then I didn't get into like a ballet school. I think I cried for a week. My mom was really happy because she was like, don't be a ballerina. It's so hard. And then um, and then eventually I just also discovered music through like um, a school band. You know, we'd have our like rehearsals. I must have been around, uh, I want to say 14 something like that just you know teenager and I was singing and we were the the guys three three guys in the band and me they were writing the music and then I was like oh that sounds fun and um you know then just kind of went on to another band and started writing more and then went on to do my own stuff and um write my own music on my own and then starting to perform it on my own in like open mic bars and that's really how I got a publishing deal quite early on when I left school with um with like my second band I was with for writing. So I was sort of in the professional world about when I was like 18, 19, just with a publishing deal. And um, yeah, that's also as a tip to just if we talk about process, um, I, that's when I started um, having a lawyer which was yeah. super early on. I'm like, they're my friends. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was see. like the first person I really then had as an ally in this game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, talk a little bit about why having lawyers, if you're, especially if you're an independent artist, why that is really important. I feel like it might also really be important, especially as a woman to, just know your rights and sometimes um, people will just talk louder and will know better they don't but they will tell you and then mm. sometimes you buy into that so it's always good to have one person by your side who you trust and who's just simply someone who does black and white paperwork like yeah. it's it, when it comes to the law 
I mean, some lawyers would probably say that's not true, but it's it's a it's a little bit more straightforward than all the nuances that happen in the studio, like all the kind of how between the lines and whatnot. So if you read your contracts, you know what's happening, then you can talk to someone, be like, I don't understand this. What's this one? What's this one? And then when you get into arguments or when you get into a more difficult situation, you just know you just know your rights and it's really good. It just gives it gave me at least it gave me always confidence in what I was doing, even when people were like, well, we're going to do this. And I'm like, well, no, because it says here we can. And I also don't want to and I don't have to. And bye. You know, it just gives you I don't know. It was just always a good, good boost. But I also had um, um, a female lawyer. <laughs> it yeah. sounds so weird to just I, I mean I wish we're gonna I hope we're going getting away from saying you know female lawyer or female musician and it's just but at the moment we're still at that point so that was really helpful because um also for that lawyer we were together for like 10 years together <laughs> it's a, it is a relationship um for over 10 years and it was similar in that world you know when when you're a lawyer and you're a woman it's kind of like oh oh well oh well and if yeah. you if you're being, if you know your rights and you're talking about them, you're being like bitchy or complicated. And that's the same for, was the same for her. So we also had that connection um, where it's just plain, like, I'm like, no, you can give me that label, but I just really know my rights and bye. <laughs> I think that's quite, I think that's quite good. I, I always say that to everyone, especially if you're a writer um, as well. And with publishing deals, it's just good to have someone to, to talk to and it is expensive if it's of course um an expense but i would do that probably especially in the early stages over a piece of gear <laughs> yeah totally totally so i know you're german but how did you end up in <laughs> did that just come through <laughs> no 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 no, no. Just... i'm joking i know i know don't worry <laughs> the order your orderliness makes you think yeah. you're german just yeah. in terms Obviously, you, you don't sing in German, you sing in English. You're you're someone like, I've been listening to your music, you're so precise about what you want to say. I don't get the sense that you just sort of say anything. You've thought about it, but um, how did you get to London? and Why did you choose London to, you know, pursue music? First of all, thank you. That's always nice if, if someone um, hears the care that's going into the words. I think language is hugely important even in our everyday conversations and just, you know, the use of it is, it shapes our realities and it's so important. So in music, I find it even more important. And when I hear poorly worded songs, I'm like, why are you saying this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm glad that care shines through. I do sometimes sing in German, but I always, um, it's always really, um, it depends on what project it is. I think also language is a color. And if you, if when people like, especially in Germany, they're always like, oh, why don't you sing in German? Why is this song not in German? I was like, because stylistically, it doesn't match this piece of music. Mm -hmm. It's not like I need to sing in English, but it's just, um, especially with, with a certain style of pop music and storytelling and the things where I think I sort of stand in the tradition with a little bit, that's just the color of choice. And mm -hmm. so I, I paint with that. Um, I came to London because I was going back and forth between New York and Berlin at a certain point. And I just, I really loved it in New York, but it was, it, I just wasn't 
at the point where I was like, I'm going to really move over to America, do the whole visa shebang, invest all that money. Then I can't go home for, you know, a while. I can't take a car and drive home. It's very far to mm. everything I know. And I have to say that it was really going to New York and just playing like open mic bars and hanging out with people there. It, pretty soon I was like, uh, oh, wow, this health system is so scary. It was really a big factor. That's in 2000 and I don't know, five or six or around that time. And I was like, well, I, I couldn't live here because I can't like go to the dentist when when I have an issue. I can't, you know, it's just very scary that that there's no, um, I don't know, maybe that's my German orderliness that I was just like, but everyone needs health insurance. Are you crazy? So that was a big thing that I was like, I don't think I can, I can live like that. That would, that's really hard. And I admire people. Um, and I really admired everyone I met in the States, especially in New York. That is, they're working so hard. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and I was just not ready for that. And, um, and my friend was like, oh, why don't you go to, why don't you go to London? And I was like, London, why? And be like, that's like the place to be for music. Are you crazy? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I, and, and uh, speaking about driving, I, I, I really wanted to move from Berlin. So I just, you know, I canceled my flat. Like I kind of um, ended the tenancy agreement and then um, jumped into my car, which I still had, um, and drove to London and moved. <laughs> wow. and well that was back in the day when that was still possible because I knew I didn't need a visa for that kind of move um uh, because of you know because of the EU and it was just this like let's try and then I mean I'm I'm so in love with London and I miss it dearly these days because I remember like the first or the second day after I had like properly moved and got all my stuff uh, we were just hanging out on the street and drinking beers and then this this friend who I really just met but he was just like oh you're a Londoner now and I was like but I just arrived yesterday and he was like yeah well that's it you're a Londoner now and I was just like oh my god <laughs> and I felt so embraced and it was so um it was so great and I had more concerts in like the first six weeks of my time in London than I had the whole two years that I lived in Berlin so I was like okay well maybe this is better for me and, wow. Yeah, turned out it was yes. Wow. So tell me a little bit about how you make what you make. I mean, I've got some more questions in relation to process, but just how do you do? You sort of sit. Do you play an instrument? Do you sit at the piano and write? Do you you know have a notebook with loads of words in it? Like how do you start your songwriting process? I would say all of it. So there is the I'm sitting on the piano, so I'll just play a little little melodies sometimes you know they just come and you're like oh this is nice and then the same thing is with like a little line or a little quote or even like a little thing that I feel like saying and I write it down and that's also a little line and then um, I most of the time when I write stuff in my notebook I get back to it at a different point and then I just read it and start singing it if you know everything matches with with the melody um, and then there's also um, like oh I'm gonna sit down and um, I need to write a song. Um, I have in the in recent years really enjoyed writing when when it was sort of required for for film where there was a story. So it was like especially with Black Mirror, 
it was sort of this, we have this kind of setup, this is the scenario, this is roughly what's happening. So the, the main composer, Martin Phipps, just told me about like what was roughly happening in the episode. And I love just dropping into what's needed for that story. And so I've also been doing that sort of writing, which again is a little bit different. So you kind of need to connect to the story somehow, to somehow the idea of that creation that's by someone else that's somehow in the ether and just try to connect with that. That's really satisfying when it works. Really, really great. And do you feel like there's a difference between, because you compose and then you have obviously composed for other people, you produce and you songwrite do you find like not that it's just different the doors even close I don't know how you can be that loud if you need to take a wee wee <laughs> I like find a difference in how you approach things or how you your process when you're say doing production or composing or writing like a song for yourself I think everything um connects to one another and probably everything connects to my growth as a as a musician in general so starting with you know writing lyrics write, writing little top lines then writing songs and then throughout the years really understanding yourself and understanding that what makes you an artist is simply that you are making a very subject subjective choice about something so the choices you make saying yes to one thing one sound or yes to one verse or yes to how this song's going to grow, how long it's going to be. That's what makes you, you, you as an artist. There's no formula as in you're a better artist if you write six minute songs or, <laughs> or not, you know, it's more like I've really um, have grown more and more comfortable with that. I just make choices that I hear something and I'm like, I think it should sound like this just because I simply think it is really just um, just that, um, learned with experience, of course, as well. And so the songwriting will inform the connecting to the ether when it's writing for someone else, because there is a story that needs to be told, whether it's mine or somebody else's, whether it's on screen or someone else wants to write a song or has half a piece of music that they need to get um, finished or want to get across and need some help with. So it's then that's the same, you know, for my songs, I need to step into what is it really I want to say and how can I get it across and what's necessary to get that sentence I liked in the beginning, that little melody I liked in the beginning across. And then for another people, it's the same. What needs to, what story wants to be told? And then for production, it's again, a very subjective choice. Um, it's, I said that to someone today, I think we were talking about music production, um, um, and I said, it's it, being a producer is really having an opinion and then voicing that opinion. <laughs> being like, I yeah. think this needs to go on this song. This story wants to be told in this certain way. And it's really just this, um, this wonderful process that I so love and so enjoy of really just being like, this is a song. Ooh, it needs kind of, and it's, it's so, it's such a joyful work to then be like, I think a hi-hat here would really do the trick. And then you hear that frequency and you're like, yay! And you're like, okay, it needs to, I think it would, wouldn't it be great if there was like, it, the cello would 
do this here and then or that or just that frequency or let's sprinkle this color over and this definitely needs a harmony and then you put that harmony in there and then the song just goes and it, it's alive it's um mm. and so that sort of alchemy happens in in everything in production in songwriting in writing for someone else in writing your own music and and that's what i always try to um try to do that that joy trying to find that because that will make it fantastic for yourself great for others and also create a great piece of music hopefully yeah that's so good and do you have like a favorite process or is it all just amazing once you find like you say <laughs> you mean of those it's all just amazing you mean of those three of like yeah like do you somewhere. have a, a favorite like something you're like oh my gosh I'm in my happy place right now it really depends I I just did a production um a, um, a few weeks um ago and I was so happy and and that I was like oh this is the best thing ever because right because I just don't have any songs I want to finish or write right now they're just that's sort of not where I'm right now but it's exactly the same feeling I remember when I was writing my album and the songs were coming together and I was just crafting away on the songs and then that was the best thing because it was just what worked at that moment so and just recently also I finished a project where I co-wrote a lot of the music and co-produced with Anushka Shankar and when we were writing those songs together that was just I was so satisfied and that that satisfaction that just carries on it just never ends because when I think of it I'm like wasn't that great because we were writing together and, and crafting that those pieces of music so it's it's not always all amazing because sometimes you're just not in a place for a production or you're not actually have no material you want to write um yeah. So whenever something, it's time for something, then it usually is all on the same level of amazingness. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that leads me nicely onto my next question. Who or what inspires or informs your work? Do you have artists that you're like really inspired by that impact how you write or how you listen and stuff like that? I mean, I would say probably all artists because every once in a while you you know, I'll, I'll hear a Taylor Swift song and I'll be like, Hmm, that's interesting. Why is this song working? Um, what's, what's, why is this lyric? Why did I like her other song and this song? Not what's the structure, what's happening. But then again, it'll be a piece of, cl of classical music that I'll be like, Oh my God, isn't this the best thing you've ever heard? Or, um, just recently we were listening to I was listening to Simon and Garfunkel and I'm just like, oh my God, songwriting at its best. <laughs> and then, and you just sing it along and it just, you, and then we listened to, um, there was Jealous Guy by, by John Lennon and just the way the song just go, you're like, this song was somewhere and then it was just written, but it had to be sung. It's like this, it flows so wonderfully and then you're like I need to write songs look how amazing songs are I'm like telling my son and then there's a um we listened to some Barbara Streisand and I mean her singing yeah it's just the best of the best and then you're like I want to sing so it's really whatever I try to not really go to something and then listen to something to be inspired or I don't really have like my favorite artist that I'll just listen to and then 
get in the mood, but everything that's out there will will spark something. I love the production on like Umbrella. You know, there's mm. <laughs> there's um any bit of music, nothing like oh that's more pop and it's you know listen to more sophisticated stuff. Or uh, I don't think so. When stuff's good, it's just good. So it'll really come from from a curiosity of when stuff sounds sounds great and why does it sound great and what what makes it great and just kind of you know look at it with with curiosity which is also why I don't actually listen to that much music because once I start I'm like so curious and then I'm like it tires me out because I'm just like wow what's happening in this in this piece of um, music is there a song that you wish you'd written? Like I have songs that I've listened to by people. So like, many. Oh my God, I wish I'd written that song. Like Prince's Purple Rain. I wish I'd written it. Yeah. Oh my God, are there, there are any- so many songs. Um, if I could pick one. Oh my God. Honestly, so many. Like all the ones that I've just talked about. <laughs> I've written all of those. Um, oh, it's a hard pick. I mean, I do love Into My Arms from Nick Cave. Okay. Um, that's a beautiful piece of music. Um, I kind of want to come up with something like superbly cool. <laughs> to, seem, to seem very well-versed in 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 music I'm, like, I'm gonna pick the coolest song I don't know honestly um all of Dolly Parton songs probably mm. what's really interesting for me though <laughs> is that the songs you've chosen are all they're real storytelling songs yeah and if I to your songs like what like the chair I once carried a man until I until I no longer could I broke down and told him you should but first I got him a chair so he can sit while I explain burn the tools break the chair make a fire and gather around it <laughs> like all your yeah all songs are very like I'm not surprised that you have done film because I your songs feel so um visual and visceral and quite cinematic especially the third your third album or the album is called three rather yeah yeah um Um, thank thank you again because that's really what what I wish for it to be and then I'm happy when that comes across yes it's definitely when I hear music and and it's a song and I hear the story I'm just always so it's so touching how it how it just you know, I listened to Don McLean, Vincent, and I did not, I actually didn't know that song. And there was like this James Blake Instagram uh, live concert, which is the thing right now. Um, and he's just the master of covering stuff. I mean, yes. he just covers things and I'm like, and it's like he wrote it and it was always in him and it's really actually his music. And he wrote that, you know, it's like he has this, he takes an ownership of it that it's, I find really, um, it's very good at that, at his craft. And so I listened to that song and that story just carries you from image to image. And Mm. it, that way you kind of also just, the song just kind of sings itself and you can sing along with it because of, of the way you're kind of just, it's like you're saying, you know, it's all very good poems, very good stories. And you just, 
naturally fall into the groove of a song when the lyrics are right. You just fall into it and, and it makes sense. And I think those songs are also the ones that, that carry on and, and um, prevail and are always great songs, no matter what the time, um, like what time they were written. Like Joni Mitchell, yes, they're so, so good. We had some of that too in our playlist the other night. Yeah, she's just, I don't know how she manages to to just tell stories so, so well in the yeah. way that you're describing. But um, you also have done stuff with Spitfire Audio and the Sound Bank, and I'd never heard of that before. So just tell us a little bit about what that is and how you... Well, neither have I. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was... Um, it was a really nice, it's also a really nice story about the whole um, musician composer community in London and, and my friends really and how um, the generosity of others really um, carries us and makes us, makes everyone good and get better and, and fulfilled. So it was my friend who so Spitfire Audio are, um, they make um, virtual instruments and they make sample libraries. And so they were starting out, you know, with along with other companies who were starting to make, you know, high quality samples, but they were just very good at it, very um, inventive, um, had probably the right style to it, really good hiring policy. I mean, the, the people at Spitfire, I love when I have something to do at the office because I was like, hello, my friends. It's so nice. It's just, I'm like, how do you manage to hire just amazing people? Um, so that probably was also part of, of their success story. So they, I kept hearing of, hearing of like Spitfire Audio, my friend Carly Parody, who's a composer. She was like, Adam, you should really get in touch with Spitfire Audio because I think it's, it's kind of for you. And I was like, really? What is it? Why? What? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't use that many samples and, you know, and so, but they grew and I was sort of doing my thing. And then another friend of mine, again, it's just really heart generosity from the heart of, of, of everyone that's in the music industry. <laughs> Definitely not of everyone, but you can pick, yeah. you can pick <laughs> the good people. Um, I was just like, no, no, not everyone. Sorry, taking that back. So, um, Ollie, who, um, Ollie Isaac, who is um, manager of Simeon Mobile Disco, who I know through the premises, he was like, oh, you know what, Spitfire Audio now have um, a record label, and I think it'd be really good for you. I'm like, people keep saying this will be really good for me. What is it? And so I, you know, I got in touch with them with the label, and I really got along well with the label manager. It made My music made a lot of sense to her. I had sent all my drawings in, um, as like a way of sending my music to labels. Um, so I made postcards with drawings and, and she just really got it. And then I, um, I started myself using, you know, Spitfire. Uh, I started with labs, which is a free, um, a free download. So you can have really great, like a piano. They, I started with the scary strings, which I really like. So, I started with that and then, you know, I started the relationship with the label manager and, and then we were like, okay, let's, again, this is not a love relationship. I make it sound like I'm married to my lawyer and my label manager. <laughs> I probably am. And, um, and so we started this journey together and Spitfire Audio wanted to release the music of all the many composers they know and that they nurture within their community. And it was just natural to be like, why don't we make a label and then we connect 
a sample library with with each release. So every sample library is different, is crafted by the artist um, whose release it is, and it's with um, the material that you've worked with on on your album. And obviously a bit more than that. So you can, it's sort of, that's the base for it. And then that sample library grew from it. So I had my music ready. I'm like, my album's finished. And and then I was thrown into this, start a complete, do a completely different thing that you've never done before as well. I'm like, what? But it was great. And so with the album release, um, Spitfire Audio also released um, a sample library. And um, yeah, it's also called Three. And and it's been yeah it's been received really well which i'm really grateful for well it's it's great it's all it's very um it's it, i find your stuff quite moody but in a good way <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i hope i'm also moody but in a good but way but you're not moody that's fine <laughs> no no like, but in a good so, like joyful and like yeah. <laughs> relaxed but like the maybe that's why you, know, you have to have somewhere to let to let it out you know but it's, yeah it's i guess amazing. So are there any mistakes you've made that we could learn from so that we know not to do it? <laughs> you know what? That's the that's um, that's a really good question. And I thought about that one because I was like, what is it that's um, that's really important? And I think it was, um, as you could probably tell from me saying, you know, how my journey generally as a musician was and how I was growing um, is is believing in narratives about women's abilities or believing in narratives about what you can or can't do in the studio what you must have done or what you must have not done and um how you know it, it, the gatekeepers so to say and the gates are only closed if you believe in what they say about you but that's a really hard thing to um to unlearn and i think whenever you have an inkling of like they say I can't do it or they give me the feeling this is not my place but in my gut I don't feel like that then definitely follow your gut because yeah so I would say that probably slowed me down I mean I don't really look back at anything and I'm like whoa that's a mistake because everything leads you to where you need to be but if it was for something I'd definitely be like no no you're right don't worry <laughs> go through that door <laughs> Um, your gut feeling is right and you're on the right path and it's not um, it is weird sometimes and I was told this might have been a German thing but I don't think so I'm pretty sure it's not it's it, it's a very male domain still sorry yeah. that was noisy it's a very male domain and of course if you only have guys with you in the studio and if you know, it, that was when I started out. That's long ago now. But all the bands were just like, it was always like one woman that was sort of all the woman was doing was being the singer. And it was sort of the the cherry on top, the prop. We're like, well, we have a woman, but it's she's obviously the singer or like and uh, like me dating the guitarist. You know, it's like <laughs> and, and you can play those narratives along. But they're, you know, you just maybe get off that sooner because they're. There are no, especially in music, there are no rules, especially in songwriting, in production, you know, especially as a producer. So many women are producers and they just don't call themselves that. And that's why we have so few female producers to even seek out. I just think that the labeling, I shied away from it for a long time when I then realized, well, I'm just doing exactly what you're doing. I'm just not calling it that. 
Um, and so a lot about music is just simply you or your, your artistry is, well, I'm doing that because that's who I am. It's not because there's a, there's like a to-do list of what you must do to be an artist. It's, it's your choices. It's, um, your idea of what sounds good. If, if something sounds good to you and, but the gear doesn't have the price tag it needs, it doesn't matter if it sounds good, it sounds good. If the song's good and you've not studied music, if the song's good, the song is good. And, you know, so, and so forth. I think, I think, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's really good because it's giving people permission to just really be, especially in a creative space, to just really have freedom to be yourself and just the space to make. You know, when we just have so many rules everywhere else, to just be yourself is just so key, I think. And another thing is um, don't think you're alone. I think for a long time, that's, again, another narrative, especially told to women. So they actually never even want to achieve something because a strong woman somehow is just someone who's a loner and does achieves everything on her own without any help, which is even as, a, you know, in parenting, it's the same thing. Mothers are like, you can do it all. And it's like, that's not true. And that's not how humans live. And that's not how anything works. And the guys don't do anything alone at all. So no one does, um, which is, you know, like we don't need an ego trip, but also it's the positive side of it. It's just like, you're not alone. People are helping. People are generous. Everyone who's done great stuff, who's done amazing music, amazing records, no one has done it alone. And I think that's freeing to just not take on that burden of like, you know, especially I remember me being like, well, I can write the song, I can play the piano, I can I can sing, I'm going to, you know, do all of it and learn all of it so I can show you. But then because it's there's a pressure where you think you I mean, there's also a real pressure where I would say sometimes as a woman in the studio, you have to know everything, because if you don't know one thing, it'll be about your gender. And that's so annoying. So you try to know everything which which is unnecessary no one knows anything and that's again probably believing in the narrative of if people make it about your gender then you believing oh maybe I didn't know that because this is not my place but Mm. that's all bullshit (laughs) that's so good that's so good (laughs) that leads me nicely on to my last question oh yay (laughs) oh yay because you're like I can go now (laughs) no no I was like it's leading into questions I love a good conversation but no not because oh yeah I need to go really oh my god that came out wrong (laughs) no 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 I'm totally joking I'm totally joking what music are you listening to at the moment um yeah I mean we oh my god I yeah I'm gonna tell you hold on it's um hold on because we have had a record on repeat um with um with my mother and my son and we're because we're all like um at home obviously and we had um we had um claudia barry sweet dynamite and it's a it's an lp that i inherited or my mom brought it um um because her her brother died um and so he he had this insane record collection and i just have a few of those records and we just picked one out and yeah it was Claudia Barry's Sweet Dynamite and it is the sound from heaven it's so oh, good great. 
So now it's, so that that's actually what we've been listening to. I can show you because you can oh, see lovely. me. But... Oh, the album cover. I'm going to post the album cover. <laughs> that, I want that outfit. It is just, it's just so good. And I have heard every single one of these songs um, in newer songs because literally everything's been sampled, which is quite okay. interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's just so, it's such a good record and it just made, um, made me, makes me really happy. My son's just like, can we have dance party again? I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> it's really, really great. Oh, that's so good. Alev, thanks so much for your time. You're very welcome. <laughs> I really appreciated it. And um, I really believe that the listeners um, are going to just learn something else, you know. So thanks so I much. I hope so. Thank you for your questions and your interest and, and your time as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Take Bye. care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode and hopefully feel inspired or encouraged or learnt something new. I want these podcasts to be a place to share knowledge and build community. Thank you so much to Alev. Please go and check out her music. You'll find all her links in the blurb below. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave comments on the podcast Instagram or SoundCloud pages at Holding Up The Ladder, all one word with the hashtag H-U-T-L. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next week for another episode. I'll be interviewing South African cinematographer Mateo Mueng. I've also come to realise how important it is to film in the continent and how, and how it's a voice that has never been heard for the longest time and it's my responsibility to keep shooting in the continent. So a lot of people I would like to work with are people I am working with who I think have such amazing voices and their voices need to be seen internationally. So I want to do a lot of work on the continent, but on a global scale. Until next time.